0: Welcome to Tea Time with Tiffany, a podcast about faith, books, and everything in between. You can read all of my writings about these same topics over at lifeofacatholiclibrarian.com. to episode 3 of our Tea Time season for Advent 2017. It is technically, I know, the second week of Advent. (laughs) And not the third, but just the way that Advent worked out this year, I thought this was better because we barely have a fourth week of Advent. And of course, it's just way too close to Christmas at that point to be recording podcasts and you listening to podcasts. I know that's not going to happen and reading books for a book club. So. We are in the second week of Advent. Uh, We have another week to go of recording um, these podcasts for the season. I'm trying to think, what is the week? Let me peer at my calendar. Um, Right, and then yeah, yeah, that'll be our last one. for the season looking at the dates i was wondering if we could just squeeze in another non-book club related one before then but no so that's okay um we're going to talk a little bit about advent today We're now that we're in the second week officially and obviously we're going to be talking about what's happening and then segue into chapter three of the christmas quilt our advent book club selection for this year okay so what's been happening with me I have been knitting and crocheting up a storm. I'm trying to finish up some gifts, so I am crocheting some coffee cup cozies, and I am knitting some towels and scarves and mittens. Lots of winter accessories. So I'm super busy with that. Um, That's been keeping my evenings rather, um, rather packed, but I'm enjoying it very much. I also um, promised that I would update you um, after last week's installment of the book club. My voice is super scratchy. I'm sorry. I think I'm coming down with a cold. Um, But after um, talking about chapter two of the Christmas quilt, we were the theme one of the themes was baking and how it brings families together and tradition. And so I mentioned that I was gonna try and bake, and I'm a terrible baker, just for the record, but that I was gonna try and bake my grandmother's beloved Italian chocolate ball cookies. And I did over the weekend, so I wanted to report in on that. So I did not ask her, my my grandmother is still living. She has 91 and is absolutely beautiful. Um, I didn't ask her for her recipe just yet although I'm going to, but I found one that seemed to me to be sort of the ingredients that I would have expected, and I wanted to just sort of try this on my own so that I had something to compare it to, and so I found one. It did not have chocolate chips in it, and I first have chocolate chips, and I wanted them to be like hers, so I was just planning to add the chocolate chips in. So I ordered the recipe just so that I could try this out over the weekend. They turned out pretty good, I will say. When I bake, you never know. And so the good news is that they are edible, and not only that, they were pretty tasty. Not exactly like hers. I'm dropping my index card one moment um, because I have my notes on this. So not exactly like hers, and not as good as hers, but I didn't expect them to be as good as hers, but pretty good and everybody likes them. The chocolate chips, I was concerned about them melting into the cookies and I tried them not long after I made them and I was thinking, oh, I want the chocolate chips to be, you can taste the chocolate chips, their um, their texture in the ones my grandmother makes, but today I had one after, of course, they were fully cooled and I had actually had it in the refrigerator for a little while because it was just in with the rest of my lunch. And then the chocolate chip texture was much better, much closer to what I remembered with hers. So I just want to get all of these experiences towards making the perfect cookie later down the road. So um, I was I was happy. Uh, that My frosting job was not so good either, and my frosting was a little too thick, so I need to, um, I think, beat that a little bit longer. But, you know, I've got some mental notes, I've got that experience under my belt, and we're going to make another batch before Christmas. So, I'm excited, and then I can have her try them, and she can give me advice on where to go from here. <laughs> um, but I enjoyed that. and helped me, and I enjoyed the process, but of course, I'm just, I'm so type A when I'm doing something like this. I hate this about myself because I and this is going to go into chapter 3 of the book club which we're going to get into shortly. I want it, if I'm baking or cooking, I want it to be quote-unquote perfect and of course it's never going to be perfect especially if it's baking because I'm terrible at it. Um, but I want to try to do as good a job as I can and so I get all uptight about you know how much are the measurements and it's funny because in the book you'll notice that they don't have measurements And that's the way that many people cook, like my mom and my grandmother. It's just, yeah, you just kind of taste it, you put in a handful and then you see the texture. I'm a person that likes exact things (laughs) and it doesn't really work that way necessarily with family recipes like this. So it was a good experience. I'm planning to keep working on this and talk to my grandmother about it and then compare to what she does with what I tried because then I've got this firm, experience in mind that i can now build upon so it was fun i enjoyed that and i was thinking about the book and how i do want to try to build memories and so i need to not be so uptight in the kitchen so that i can have you know the kids help me um you know to try to build some baking memories because those are special i think when it comes to the holidays so Okay, that was a yay. So, um, Christmas cookie experimentation, knitting. I ordered some more presents, so I'm not finished, but we're much closer than I was last week with getting my Christmas shopping done. The other big thing going on with me this week is that I'm planning for a trip to visit Christina. Um, It is her birthday this weekend coming up, and so I'm going to visit her for her birthday, and I'm excited. So it's gonna be a weekend adventure with a party, and it should be fun. So even you know how I am when I travel by air. I'm a nervous Nelly, and um, I just get myself all anxious about it. So I'm nervous because I'm flying, But, you know, I'll be tweeting and stuff, so I'm sure I'll be fine, Um, but I'm always like, just happier when I'm back on the ground. It's not a long flight, so it should be okay. Just oh a mile between an hour and an hour and a half. I already have a knitting project picked out that I can bring with me, and I have no qualms about saying that I have no problem drinking alcohol any time of the day when I am on a commercial airline flight because <laughs> it does calm me down a little bit. Normally, no, I would not do that at noon or wherever, you know, my flight is, but Little Baileys in the coffee never hurt anybody when you're really, really nervous about flying. So hopefully I'm going to be fine. So I've got that coming up too. So that's the big what's happening. Um, In Catholic stuff this week, uh, it is the second week of Advent, like we mentioned. And so we have been good this year about lighting our candles. And so we uh, tend to just light them on Sundays so that the candles don't all burn down by the end of Advent we'll leave them going for about an hour on Sundays after dinner. So we had both candles, two purple candles lit this week. It was lovely. We had the bishop at our parish uh, this weekend for Mass blessing, our new parish center. So it was a beautiful Mass for the second Sunday of Advent and Anne got a special blessing during communion. Henry and I received communion from the bishop. It was smashing. And next Sunday, of course, being uh, Gaudete Sunday. Everybody gets all excited when you light the rose candle. So we have that coming up. And I'll be attending that Mass with Christina, which will be lovely. And Henry will be serving at that Mass back here at our home parish um, for the third Sunday at that event. So Advent's going pretty well. It has been. I don't feel stressed out. It has been lovely been following along, like I mentioned, the traditions with the kids. They also have several advent calendars. They both love and fight over the wooden magnetic calendar, putting up the pieces each day. They also have chocolate advent calendars that this year are not working out very well because the pieces are all coming loose, uh, jarring from their day. And so they open the little window and there's no chocolate there and I've gotta do surgery on the calendar uh, to get the chocolate back in the right place and figure out which one goes where. I think next year I'm gonna spring for the like expensive chocolate advent calendars, by which I mean like ten dollars rather than two ninety nine or whatever these were, but I saw really nice ones in our uh, Aldi grocery store that were truffles, really fancy candy. They were much bigger, and I think they would stay in their slots better. So we may try that next year. But this year they actually have two calendars a piece because the grandmothers got them one too, and they're all just kind of falling apart because they're smaller. So. Anyway, but the kids really do enjoy Advent calendars generally and the Advent candles. And we've been following along in Advent um, in our Catholic stuff for the week. So let's turn to chapter three of our book club. Um, hmm, Maybe I'll record just thinking ahead a little bit before we get into chapter three. Next week we have chapters four and five. One of them is a smaller chapter and that's the end of the book. Perhaps I'll record a tea time, but then it won't be for Advent, I don't know. But we need to plan for Lent. We'll probably just do that on the blog. But we'll probably, we'll need to talk about if we want to do a book, do a book club again, if we want to do a special devotion together, how we want to structure that. So be thinking about that. Lent starts on Valentine's Day this year. So once we finish up this and get past the holidays, This book club, that is, in this season of tea time, and get past the holidays. Obviously, then it's the beginning of January. It's not that far to Lent. So be thinking. Be thinking about what you'd like to do. And we will plan together. All right, in Chapter 3, these were my thoughts. Whereas, okay, so Chapter 1 I thought was just really fun and uplifting in a sense, just learning about um, this family and all of the old traditions that Sylvia was thinking back on, very enjoyable. Chapter two was just sad and nostalgic when we learned about Sylvia's mother passing away when Sylvia was still a very young girl and how, uh, how much that affected Sylvia throughout the rest of her life, even unto her age now as a grown woman. So it was just, it was a very, a lot of people mentioned that, that chapter two really made them cry. Chapter three, to me, with a much darker chapter, all right, for a number of different reasons. So Sylvia's mom has passed, right? It's the beginning of the Great Depression. Sylvia's mom has passed away. And now she's got three children left behind, Claudia, Sylvia, and then a little boy. And in chapter two, Sylvia mentioned her mother, one of the things that she took so hard when she knew that her illness was most likely terminal, was that she was worried that her son wouldn't remember her because he was so little when she figured she figured she wasn't going to be living for much longer. And I don't have um, an exact age in mind for how old he would have been, little Richard. Probably three or four years old, I'm thinking. So that has to, that's very hard. It's just all making me very emotional as a mother. So now we're in this very difficult period in the few years after Sylvia's mom has passed away. And she has mentioned that Christmas was just never the same after her mom passed, as you would imagine, and that her dad just never really got over it. And so about five years after this, so now we're in the mid-30s, still very much in the Depression, um, four or five years after her mother passes away, their Christmases have just never been the same. Claudia and Sylvia decide that they would like to try to make Christmas special again and get out the whole family back into the traditions that they neglected since um, their mom passed. So that's good, right? But it's very difficult and emotional for everybody in the family. The girls, obviously their dad, and their other um, relatives who miss Sylvia's mom very much. But we also see amidst these plans in December to try to get the Elm Creek Manor to celebrate Christmas the way it used to, we see the growing enmity between Sylvia and Claudia really getting bad. So now they're teenagers. Claudia is 16, they mentioned that specifically. That's how I know. And then Sylvia, I believe, is two years younger than her. So they're well into their teen years and the uh, bad feelings between the two of them are really going strong, getting worse. And um, uh, there's a couple of cute things. You know, they want to try to do the the strudel on their own um, to bring that back. And, uh, you know, Claudia is just bossing Sylvia around like there's no tomorrow. And Sylvia is just trying to make nice about it. And their dough, I found this very endearing. Their dough didn't, of course, turn out as perfect as their mom's. And they're really upset about it, but they just try to cut their losses and make do, and still make a couple of strudel, even though they were planning on making many more. But it's their first experience doing so. They, you know, in the end they agree it's not as good as their mom's, but it was still pretty good. Sort of like my chocolate ball cookies, right? And so at least they tried, and they can just continue this tradition in the future, try to improve upon it in future years. So there was that, and just the definitely uh, Sylvia sort of gritting her teeth with the way that she feels Claudia is bossing her around. And then there's the star. So, oh my goodness, I had forgotten about all of this from when I read the book before. Um, So the tradition was that somebody would hide the star for the family children, young children, to try to find on Christmas Eve, because they wouldn't decorate get the tree and decorate until Christmas Eve. And when they would finish decorating, hide the star, a child would find it, and when it was found, they would put the star on the top of the tree. That child would be lifted up to put the star up there. And that child also won a prize of some kind of candy, I think. So there's a lot, there's a, a bad scene between Claudia and Sylvia as to who's going to hide the star. And Sylvia sort of grabs it from Claudia and runs off to hide it because she really wants to do it. And this obviously does not go over very well, as you would imagine, with Claudia. Sylvia wants to hide it and she wants, um, her brother or her brother's little friend, and this is going to come into play with the darker theme. Her brother befriends a little boy whose family is very down on their luck. and His name is Andrew, and he's over for Christmas, and she's thinking one of the little boys could find it. And that would really brighten their Christmas. So she hides it in uh, the train, the box conti- with all the train pieces for the train set in the nursery, thinking, well, the, the boys will definitely think to look there because that's one of their favorite places. So she hides it, goes back. The kids are set loose. They can't find the star. So she starts to give them clues. This has been, this was a, a tradition in their family every single year, the hiding of the star and all of that that came after. So kids can't find it. She gives them clues. They still can't find it. They all go up to the nursery, and she's giving them clues in the nursery. They go to the train track finally, and the star is not there. What has happened to the star? And, you know, there's, of course, accusations. Did you maybe forget where you hid it, Sylvia? No, of course I didn't. How could I forget something? I know I put it here. And we know, as the reader, with Sylvia, that that's indeed where she put it. So, if it's not there, somebody obviously took it and moved it. So, speculation among the adults, maybe one of the children accidentally broke it, and they're feeling too embarrassed or badly to fess up. So they try to give them the opportunity to, you know, come clean about it, and everybody seems baffled still. Maybe one of the children, um, you know, hit it as a joke. Maybe it was Andrew, and, you know, not realizing this wouldn't go over very well. And so, you know, we'll give him an out that um, that whoever can just put the star on the kitchen table by breakfast tomorrow and, you know, no hard feelings, you know, because maybe he thought this would be funny and then realized he was in a little bit deeper than um, he bargained for and is now too embarrassed, too worried about being cast off from this wonderful family gathering that he's been invited to to admit this. So... Yeah, so we as the reader were thinking, I don't think it was one of the children. My obvious conclusion, I'm wondering if this was yours too, was that Claudia, with bad feelings about Sylvia taking over this um, task that she had really wanted to do, maybe kind of followed Sylvia, saw where she hid it clandestinely, and then went in and took it so that Sylvia would look bad. So I'm thinking, I'm chomping at the bit to find out what happens to the star. So Christmas morning comes, star is not returned, they go to uh, church service, which was a lovely description in the book, and come back and have the strudel. All of that was lovely, no star. So they're opening their gifts and um, you know Claudia's realizing even though they have less than they used to, she really sees Christmas morning through the eyes of little Andrew her brother's friend, whose family is really, really not in a good place, and just how grateful he is. Even this much diminished celebration from what they used to do was still enrapturing to him, and they had gotten him a gift, and he was so grateful. So one of the themes to me of this chapter is gratitude, and especially gratitude for things that we may take for granted, looking at it through a new, fresh perspective, that we are really very blessed. And... seeing him so thrilled with his gift she realized they didn't get anything for his little sister now his little sister was home with their parents because she was younger and you know uh, Andrew was friends with Richard and that's why he was included she thought we should have invited the whole family why didn't we think to get anything for them and so she goes and gets a doll that had at one point belonged to her mother, but she remembers her mother giving her the doll. She had never really played with it. Her mother claimed it was never really hers; that it had belonged to, I think, her sister. And just had, they, not neither of them, had formed any particular attachment to this this doll. Although she was a beautiful porcelain doll, and so Sylvia thought this little girl would really appreciate it. So she wrapped it up, put it under the tree and, you know, has Andrew bring it home for his sister. So Claudia, of course, is now curious what was in this box. And so Sylvia tells her, and Claudia's very upset with her. And the dad gets a little, their dad gets a little exasperated with Claudia. Like You haven't asked about this doll in 10 years, and so now why are you being selfish about giving it to somebody in need? And she's, well, but it was mom's, you know, bringing up the nostalgic um, memories, family heirloom route and sylvia really feels strongly that she remembers that their mom did not have an attachment to this doll and that she said it belonged to her sister and so she just doesn't see any problem with why they should have wanted to withhold giving this to somebody who obviously would really appreciate it and so indeed they you know give the doll to richard or excuse me to andrew to give to his little sister and uh, But it still causes a little bit of a, a kerfuffle between uh, Sylvia and Claudia, and their dad tells, the, does kind of chastise Claudia about her lack of um, thinking of others and being selfish, but he does, uh, does say to Sylvia, you should have just said something to us so that you could have checked with your sister to see if she had an emotional attachment to it first, but obviously your heart was in the right place, and that's what your mother would have wanted, which is true. We saw what a generous woman Sylvia's mother was in the earlier chapters, always wanting to give to others, and she, they feel very strongly, as do I as the reader, that she would have wanted them to give to this little girl. So we definitely see all of these emotions that are swirling in the family. The grief of their dad, the negative feelings that are getting worse and worse between Celia and Claudia. And their mother's death has only made that worse Um, just uh, just the lack of direction amongst other members of the family the you know other siblings of their parents and their cousins that everybody just feels adrift since um, the girl's mom passed and that the holidays are just not not the same anymore so our themes looking back on what we've just discussed gratitude especially for things that we may be taking for granted another thing is that everything does not have to be perfect, right? Like the strudel, like my Italian chocolate ball cookies. We want to establish these traditions and keep them up. And it's easy to think, Melanie mentioned this too in a comment from last week about the strudel with the fudge and her family. It's easy to think, oh, it has to be just like this in order for it to be good enough to be set out at, you know, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. And that's not true. The memories are in the creation. They really are. And yeah, you know, you want your fudge or your cookies or whatever it is to turn out well. But regardless if you do it, what makes it special is that you're sharing it with your family and it's a good story regardless of how it turns out and just in you remember those things, you know, on a day-to-day basis. Do I remember what I did last Tuesday? No maybe if I went back and looked at my calendar and I had a note there about something, it might then spark other memories of what I did that day and maybe even what we ate that day for dinner. Not necessarily, it really depends. But holidays, we tend to keep those memories. Um, It's just like other events in your life, weddings and um, births of children and just other meaningful things that could happen to you throughout your life. Those memories just imprint deeper into your brain because of the significance that you attach to the occasion. And so we don't need to make it perfect for them to be memorable and for them to be special. Those are the things that we're gonna carry with us through the years. And the important thing is to just keep up, keep on creating those memories and doesn't have to be perfect that's what I that's one of the things that I took from the chapter so what else do I have here Um, I have a note about the quilt being the symbol some a different symbol for everybody so for Sylvia the Christmas quilt which kind of gets dragged out year after year uh, for people to work on at Christmas time it's a symbol of her fear of imperfection because it was really bothering her that Claudia started working on the quilt and her squares and piecing were not matching up, and it was going to make the quilt imperfect, and that bothered her. They mentioned that Claudia and Sylvia worked on a a quilt for the Chicago World's Fair sometime around this within this five-year period that we're now uh, traversing um, from their mother's death to this Christmas, and that it just really bothered Sylvia <laughs> that Claudia's um, measuring and piecing were just not. Perfect. It, Cla- Sylvia is a perfectionist, and that really, really bothered her. So for Sylvia, that's what she would see in the Christmas quilt. Why are we going to mar the beautiful stitching of our foremothers with Claudia's imperfect blocks? For Claudia, she mentions that Sylvia catches her like kind of throwing all the blocks into the sewing basket Christmas uh, night upset, and she says, oh, this quilt reminds me of this terrible Christmas now, because she had been working on it, and she's just really mad. She's mad about the strudel not coming out good. She's mad at Sylvia uh, because she's blaming her for losing the star, and she's just angry at Sylvia for a few other things, too and so to her now the quilt has this negative association and uh, Sylvia suspects that Claudia knows that her quilting isn't as good as the other women in her family including Sylvia and this is a sore spot for her so that was the um, association for Claudia so really for both of them it's the quilt is a symbol of imperfection and with that comes their sense of worth quilting is very important to the women in their family and Claudia feels inadequate at it. So very interesting. Very, very interesting. We don't see the quilt much in this chapter but it is very important. The other thing that I have noted down here is Sylvia and Sarah. So we come back to the present day and I'm coming back to the star, don't worry. Um, Sylvia has a talk with Sarah about calling her mom and she does but then Sylvia says, "Well, why aren't you? Why aren't you going? Or is your mom coming here?" And she says, "Nope, neither. She already had plans." And Sylvia just can't believe that Sarah is letting this opportunity pass her by to have a reconciliation with her mom and to share memories with her mom. Because Claude, uh, excuse me, Sylvia longs for that so much, having lost her mother so many years ago, and never has the possibility to share any more memories with her again. It's really bothering her that <laughs> Sarah will not leap on this opportunity. Meanwhile. Um, Sarah is sort of trying to get deeper into Sylvia's issues uh, with her sister now Claudia in current day has passed away that's how this whole series came to be that um, you know Sylvia inherited the manor and is now back in the family home and it's dredging up all of these things that she wanted to forget about Um, and Sarah thinks that Sylvia needs to let a lot of these bad feelings go. Um, Sylvia was really averse to decorating the manor again because it reminded her of all these things. And Sarah's saying you really need to just form new happy memories you have to let this go you have to forgive your sister isn't here anymore for you to be able to forgive her but you have to forgive in your heart and Sylvia can't because of this long history of enmity between her and Claudia so they see these things in each other that they cannot resolve the issues within themselves and I think that applies to so many of us I can say that for myself definitely and So, you know, Sarah just has all kinds of negative things to say about her own mother that, oh, she won't give up her usual routine on Christmas Day. She usually will work so that um, I think her mom would be a nurse and she usually takes the shifts so that other people can have the day off. And she always did that even when we were kids. Sarah has a lot of resentment about that. She felt like her mother didn't want to be with them. And Sylvia's trying to see it from Sarah's mom's perspective. Maybe she felt like she was providing for the family. Maybe she wanted you know, all of these reasonable explanations. Why And she's saying to Sarah, why don't you give your mom the opportunity to explain? Have you ever asked her about it? No, but she doesn't want to. Sarah doesn't want to ask her about it. And so they just cannot resolve these issues within themselves. And so that's definitely, definitely coming to a head. Towards the end of the chapter, we see just a heartbreaking ending that um, Andrew and his sister, um, their their living situation just deteriorates and the parents um, they are trying to remember what happened. But they are sent to live with other family members because their parents just can't take care of them anymore. And obviously little Richard was just devastated by the loss of his friend in his daily life. And they tried, just like with Elizabeth, the cousin in chapter one, kept up you know wanting to try to write a little back and forth and it just I, I think they were saying that they could never find the correct address and that he wasn't able to keep in touch with Andrew and they never heard from them again the star Sylvia never saw the star again after that Christmas it was never found I am dying to get to the last two chapters. I don't remember if now in the current day, Sylvia finds the star in the manor and if she can piece together what happened. Um, I am very curious. So was this something that Claudia did out of spite? Or was it another explanation? Was it another relative with some kind of emotional issue with regard to what the star represented in their family tradition? I am very curious. But that's where we're at in our story. So it's still Christmas Eve, but just getting later into the evening. And everybody's all bottled up with resentment. <laughs> Sylvia is, all of these memories are coming back to her painful memories. And um, the traditions and, and the sense of loss is starting to pervade. The loss of these relationships in their lives, the loss of... Um, items, physical items in their life that had uh, emotional significance attached to them, and um, just the loss of their innocence, really, with the death of their mother, and how they were never really fully able to recapture the joy that they experienced before she left them. So it was a sad chapter, but not in the same way as chapter two, I think. It was just just that little bit darker because of um, the very, very heartbreaking situation of Andrew and his little sister and the growing really bad um, discord between Claudia and Sylvia and between Sarah and her mom. Okay, those were my thoughts on chapter three. I'd love to hear what yours are. Um, Next week is our last week, so it's chapters four and five, but like I said, I think it's chapter five. The last is not as long as the others, so... It isn't, it isn't too bad of a bite to chew, but I know for me, I can't wait to read them. I didn't want to read ahead because then I lose track of where I need to stop off in these recordings um, for us to talk about this in our book club format. So now that I have recorded this, I'm dying to get back to the book. I think it will be a quick read. Um, All right. So I will see you all next week. Please leave your comments with your thoughts on chapter three here or in the thread over in the Facebook group, whichever you prefer. Can't wait. I hope you have a wonderful third Sunday of Advent. I will be reporting in with details of my trip to see Christina next week. We'll have um, more Advent stuff, final book club stuff, um probably some dance stuff because i've got lots of prep work coming up for that so it'll be a really good week i look forward to talking to you then bye